The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, right across from me is the one, the only, choking on what I'm assuming is a pubic hair, Tammy, the choker Underwood. Say, ah, Tam. Hi, everybody. It was a piece of bacon. Uh-huh, sure. I'm just thinking you had a rough date night last night or something. No, dude, I got no sleep last night. We talked about this. Oh, is that, yeah, because <laughs> you're up all night partying? No, because I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, <laughs> we didn't do something. <laughs> no, that's true. That is, that's true. All right, so today we're going to be wrapping up Carrie Stainer. This is part three, and we're going to wrap up his story. Yeah, let's, we are. Let's just get him done. Get her done. Get her done. Got her did. So, anyways, um, so they talked about how, um, you know, because, um, blah, blah, blah. I'm so out of it. But you remember how they didn't think he was involved with the murder of the mother, the daughter, and the friend. Right. And then they figured it out once he killed that other woman. Right. Okay, so now in um, August of 1999, one of the FBI special agents on the case, um, he wrote an affidavit in support of getting a search warrant. Is this Maddox? Huh? You mentioned Maddox a few times in this guy's case. So No, Marcy Robinson is the oh, one. Okay, no, cause... Maddox was earlier. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying no, to keep my, my No, this is a different agent. But anyways, he... Um, Wrote an affidavit in support of obtaining a search warrant to get blood, hair, and saliva samples from Carrie. And um, when he did that, he also provided more details about the murders in Yosemite. And in his official file, which um, is on uh, is on record in California, said made it clear that Stainer, despite his earlier denials about sexually assaulting two of his victims... They found out that he did, you know. The oh wow! Ju- yeah, the Julie son and Sylvania Peloso, the mother and the friend. That kind of goes hand in hand, though. Yeah, like, well, not with all serial killers. No, but that's that attack what- women. But with, I would say, better than fifty percent, there's a sexual aspect to it. Right. Well, and look at what Austin to- Sig did too. He said that he didn't sexually assault that little girl, but then come to find out, uh, yeah, he did more than that. Yeah. You totally. know, they always want to deny that aspect, and I think it's because of the stigma in prison. No, you know I what agree. I mean? Yeah. So um, then it goes on, and um, apparently, from my understanding, uh, let's see here. I lost my place again. Um, but according to another FBI agent by the name of Christopher Hopkins, he also investigated the case and like rounded up the evidence part of it. And both the evidence response team from the FBI and the Mariposa County Sheriff's Office collected items of potential evidence from the room at Cedar Lodge Motel. Um, And that's where he actually sexually assaulted Julie Sund and Sylvania Peloso and murdered Carol Sund. And okay, so Carol was the mom. Excuse me, I had that mixed up and I'm sorry. He, He sexually assaulted both of the girls, but not the mother. That's, I was like, that made no sense. But yeah, now it does. So in his interview, he said that hair from his body was left on the bedspread in their motel room. But he returned later and changed the sheets before the checkout time. And upon examination by the FBI's laboratory, some of those items also yielded other trace evidence. That, you know, And hairs were found in the vacuum that 
had been used on room 509. No sheet. No sheet. Mm, you sheet me not. Shut up. And But there was also body fluid stains on the blanket and latent palm print on the windowsill. I hate you. <laughs> he, did, he left that just for sheets and giggles. Just for sheets and giggles. Now, when it came to the Joey Armstrong, uh, the Joey Armstrong homicide, previously um, unreleased evidence strongly supported Stainer's confession and gives new details of that murder. For instance, vacuum sweepings taken from inside her house where Stainer claims to have bound her with duct tape yielded hair evidence. And the FBI lab also found possible body bodily fluid stains. It's a hard one on a bed on a bed sheet taken from her house. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you talking, Big Bird. I, ha- I, I hear you chirping. Somewhere. So the FBI also sees clothing that had been stained from her blood. And although most of the stains are likely to include her blood, he was observed to have a laceration on his hand during his interrogation. So they believe that he received a cut during the attack and found his blood as well. It could be from rigorous masturbation. Really, Scott? Hey, you never know, man. Funky things happen. Just because you've sprained your wrists that way doesn't mean other people have. And separated my shoulder. (laughs) That's why you had the shoulder pain this last month. That that, that was it right there, man. I screwed up my shoulder. That midget porn was phenomenal. I'm just saying. Yeah. It It was really good and it took me down a really dark, dark rabbit hole. Yeah. Mainly because one of the midgets was African-American. Oh, but my it was a dark hole nonetheless. I just saw a movie that had an African-American little person on it. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. You said little person. Can't we call them midgets anymore? I can't. Oh, that's right. Because I was married to one. So I can use midget. Whatever, dude. Or Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Now that kind of went a little far. Do so on October twentieth, nineteen ninety nine, he was officially charged with the murders of Carol Sund, her daughter Julie, and their uh, their Argentine friend Sylvania. After they claimed he confessed to the crimes, he also allegedly confessed to beheading Joy Armstrong. Um, and on Ju- on July twenty first, right. Joy Armstrong was the she was the hippie. Yeah, yeah, she was the Yosemite naturalist the hippie. That's what she <laughs> I'm is. I'm just saying they it's call a California her hippie. Let's just call yeah, it a spade she, a spade. It's a she's California She's a tree hippie. hugger. <laughs> the freaking hippie. So, I have flowers. I make dandelion wine. I collect my water from a stream. Uh, I yeah. talk to the deer, and I'm a vegan. And I'm a vegan. <laughs> you know You know how you can tell somebody's a vegan? She's just going to make this fucking <laughs> joke. Don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> This is is going down a bad path, I know, right? So in addition to the murder charges, he was also charged with burglary, robbery, forcible oral copulation, and attempted rape. Uh, Hold on. If I push a girl's head down, is that... Okay, never mind. Continue. I was going to say, sometimes it's expected. We had that conversation with Keith a couple weeks ago. (laughs) No, and then that's true. And then sometimes you have to pay a little bit extra for it. But sometimes it's worth it. I had a coupon. I would get one free. Exactly. It's a BOGO. Gotta love Black Friday sales. <laughs> Anyways, so remember he was also arrested at that nudist camp two days after Armstrong's body was found. Which is where exactly where I want to go. Exactly. So later that same month in October, the families of Stainer's victims filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the lodge where he was employed as a handyman. Um, the families of the victims of Carol Sund and her daughter Julie and the 
family friend Sylvania contend that employees at the Cedar Lodge were wrong to assign the women to an isolated room and failed to do a proper background check on Stainer. That's stupid as yeah. shit. You know, and I was thinking God to myself, damn. you know what? I could see filing a law- wrongful death lawsuit against him. Yeah, totally. But why are you going to contend that, oh, they put these women in an isolated room? Well, plus on top of that, if they would have done an extensive background uh, check yeah. on, on Stainer, nothing would have come up. He had no criminal past. Yeah, pretty much. No. Have, uh, okay. To the family that, that the families that did this, what are they going to find out? Like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, he had a parking ticket. Is that really going to save a life? No, it isn't. Pull your head out of your tuchus. Yeah. I'm using tuchus instead of the word ass. You know what? And you just used the word ass. But I said tuchus first, so it's okay. <laughs> so it's all good. That's my, that, that's my little Jew in me coming out. Get off your tuchus. You need to get a job, Morty. Yeah. So so check this out. So the, um, the Sun family was, both families were actually seeking unspecified sums for punitive damages and other damages and reimbursement for funeral expenses and legal fees. So the son complaint, although similar to the Peloso family complaint, was more specific. And they blamed the lodge for keeping him on staff, saying that they should have noticed that he was acting in an unusual, bizarre, and violent manner. Oh, Jesus. That's stupid. No, and this is what gets me is how did they have grounds for that lawsuit when everybody said he was so quiet and nice and polite and stayed to himself and was a hard worker and yeah, nothing about that made any sense. It's it's California. California is one of those states where you can literally sue over anything and most most more likely the judgment. Oh no, you're right. They should have had ESP and they should have conducted a seance. So that way there, <laughs> a fortune teller could read the crystal ball and say, yeah, Carrie's a murderer. Yeah. Freaking exactly. stupid. Now. I get all pissed off now. I know, right? Ready to start throwing things and yelling and. Ugh, then on drugs. February 11th of 2000, federal prosecutors, prosecutors announced that they plan to seek the death penalty against Carrie. The U.S. Attorney General, Janet Reno, approved that decision. Which put Carrie Stainer on death row if he is convicted of the Joy Ruth Armstrong murder. You ever seen a picture of Janet Reno? Yes, I have. She looks like a dude. I'm surprised you didn't say she was hot. No. <laughs> no. She looks like her name should be James or Brutus. I don't. The Barber Beefcake? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that, that uh, she's got more you know junk than I do. Like, she's swinging more meat than a butcher shop. Right. Now, um, let's see. They, the reason why he was charged in federal court on that is because he killed her inside a national park. And when they were seeking the death penalty, federal prosecutors cited aggravating factors, including the fact that the murder was committed in an especially cruel, heinous, and depraved manner with substantial planning. Then in July of 2000, a federal judge ruled that the government could seek the death penalty And in a decision filed on July 3rd, U.S. District Judge Anthony W. Ishii, not the same one, rejected Kerry's challenges to the 1994 federal death penalty law. Um, So, I mean, it just goes through and basically, where's, I wanted to find this part here. He told interviewers that he thought of keeping the head after he beheaded Joy. He goes, I was never much of a trophy hunter. 
he told the agents after an, after somebody asked him whether he knew the difference between a souvenir and a trophy, he added, it would have been a trophy, most likely. That, asked, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because asked about the killing, he said, I didn't feel good about it. I say it's like, I say it's like matter-of-factly I was doing this, you know. It's like I'm a split personality. I don't black out and do things. I just know what's wrong and what's right and do what's wrong. That is no way to get ahead. I'm just saying. That's not right. Jesus. You're not right. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, um, well, uh, wait. When, another, when the agent asked me if he knew that it was wrong when he was doing it, he said, most definitely. Then an agent said, um, was there anything she could have done to save herself? Hang tight. Did you say agent or Asian? Agent. I swear to God, sometimes when you say agent, I keep thinking that you're saying an Asian said about you. That's racist. <laughs> Damn. Well, your son's half Asian, so I guess you can. I was going to say, I grew up in an out. Asian family. Oh, that's right. We reported <laughs> on a serial killer a long time. I hate you. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> So when this agent asked him whether there was anything she could have done to, to save herself, he's, the transcripts ended without a complete answer. He says, well, she went, once she started running, and if she would have, it ends without him finishing the thought. As though maybe if she would have continued running away from him, but she stopped. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what happens to me? I go out running, and all of a sudden, it's like, I'm going to do like a mile, and then I make it all 10 feet, and I go, I need a break. Hold on. So, I mean, if, if Carrie was, like, chasing my fat ass, I would sit there. Uh, you caught me. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Get your breath here. A little drinky poo of water. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, you can keep. Cha- oh, you're going to kill me now. I thought this was. The, I thought the rules were way different. You're not going to just let me run. Okay. Well, fine. Fine. I guess you're going to get all stabbity and choppity. Right? <laughs> stabbity and choppity. Choppity the head off. <laughs> okay. And then, I mean, and then somebody asked him about um, why he decapitated her. And he said, I just did the most revolting thing I could possibly do. It was something I felt I had to do. Okay. Yeah. So, I I've mean. I've had dates like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no. So, I mean, I just want to go through some of that interview and everything and talk about how. Um, because for me, it's with him. I think that he was acting out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, I don't. I mean, it's hard for me to explain because of his history. But we have to focus on the fact that I don't think he killed these people because of what happened to his brother. No, no, he's got deep psychosis yes. going on. That's obvious. I do think he was affected by what happened to his brother. Yeah, I don't think that was a catalyst. Though. No. No, and I just think that, you know, when it comes down to it, because, you know, I think that's what a lot of people really focus on when it comes to Carrie, is that they focus on his brother's story. They should be focusing on that he's a good hard worker. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, it got a little stabby stabby. He's got a little stabby stabby, a little Maybe choppy choppy. Maybe he didn't choppy. have enough coffee. Hey, it happens to me. It almost happened this morning. <laughs> like, I got to admit, because I'm still pretty tired. And I remember my uh, looking at my son because he said something stupid, which is kind of common you see you see the coffee how much you is said gone that to me too <laughs> yes see how much of the coffee's gone this is still in the in, in the stabby stabby stage <laughs> about four more sips then yeah. we're in just the you know the f off stage right. right now we're in the stabby stabby <laughs> might be wise to leave me the hell alone <laughs> yeah exactly but and you know what the weird thing is though i mean because i think with carrie's case it's 
it's really hard to explain, but he's in that kind of limbo phase where it's either all about his brother's what happened to his brother or has nothing to do with what happened to his brother. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah, yeah. I think it's all related, but on a deep level. Yeah. Oh, you know, because yeah. I believe that if his family would have gone through family counseling when Stephen w- returned home, I think that it would have had a different outcome for Carrie. Well, that and plus, I always advocate in, in any traumatic situation. Um, yeah. Counseling from beginning to end, cradle to grave it. Right. Because let's say that they got into counseling uh, when he was first abducted. Right. That's going to help with the grieving process. It's going to help you to heal. Right. And it's going to help you come to terms. Okay. Right. So now you, you can go through all that you need to go through to get out your emotions and crap like that. Mm-hmm. Then when he returns, like, hey, this is a happy time, but now we have a hor- horrible backstory. Oh, yeah. You know, where, you know, he's getting molested and, and things like that. So now let's go to counseling again and we can all get this out and we can come to terms with that. Right. And I believe counseling helps with. Most, not all, but most things no. in life. Yeah, because you can process it. Right. I, I, I bitch at my uh, counselor uh, sometimes just about nothing. I know. Me too. Just because I'm just just because I'm just in a bad freaking mood for no reason. Yeah, because I like I. That's how I process. I vent. I just talk it out. Yeah, and then you know he looks at me uh, when, when we do video chats. He goes, "Yeah, I feel better now." Yeah. Oh, I know. I do. He's a, all right. So you're like uh, not going to murder anybody, right? No, I'm pretty good. I'm. Yeah. Uh, Talk I'm, me uh, down off that ledge, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I don't. I don't feel the need to go and you know stab fifty people or anything like that. <laughs> um, I do feel the need to maybe I don't know pee on a tire. Yeah, because I'm kind of a butthole, but I feel better about it. Well, you know, there you have it. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know this is well, yeah, but I mean it also. But remember, we talked about early on in this case too how when Stephen returned home. His family was worried about making sure he got into counseling. Yes. And it's like, so it's like, that was the immediate need. They didn't feel like the other children needed it too. But it's like, I believe that if they all would have had it, that I think that things would have turned out differently. Right. Well, especially with guys. And I'll tell you why. Because as guys, women do this too, but not as often as guys do. We're stuffers. We stuff a lot of emotion down. Oh, yes. And then it manifests itself in in many negative ways it could be that you stuff things down long enough to where you just explode true and uh you know domestic violence can happen from that or just ruining relationships with everything from your neighbors to to your your significant other when you just blow up and you're saying horrible things it can manifest like carrie's did you murder and you're killing hippies and decapitating them right which you know woodstock wouldn't approve of that not um, at all. <laughs> but uh, the Grateful Dead would not have been. That was bad. Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm, now I'm thinking being on a train high on cocaine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, okay. but um, you know, there, there's a lot of negative things that happen from right. stuffing your emotions down. Because it, you have to think of it kind of like a balloon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can blow up a balloon. You can make it full. And, you know, if you let some of the air out, you can put more in, right? But if you keep filling it up, filling it up, filling it up, pretty soon it's going to burst. And that's kind of emotionally how most people are. Not all. Right. But most. Is if you keep stuffing it down, you've got no way to really get that out. Right. You know, and and I fall into that category, too, where I do stupid shit like, oh, I'm going to figure this out on my own because I don't need anybody's help. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. 
I yeah. definitely need fucking help. But, uh, so yeah, uh, that could have been it with good old, you know, Carrie the Killer here. Carrie the Killer here. You're so dumb. <laughs> You're so dumb. In this corner, Carrie the Decapitator Stainer. <laughs> You're wrong on every level right now. <laughs> Wearing blue trunks. <laughs> Weighing in at... <laughs> Weighing in at 185 picture, pounds. He was a very handsome man. I saw that. I'm like, dude, you could have been like an actor. He doesn't look like your actor. average serial killer. No, no. He doesn't look like crazy. He looks like somebody like... he is. He's very attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks like somebody I'd be at a bar with having, you know, drinks and... And just shooting the shit with and everything like that. Not like a gay bar or anything. Right. Um, just a regular bar. Because, you know, I don't like happy bars. Um, I like depressing ones. I That's know, why huh? I stay out of gay bars. Um, I know. But no, he, he looks like he looks like he would be the handyman for Yosemite. Right. Because, you know, he looks like that outdoorsy, like, yeah. I'll come and fix that right now. No problem. Dun, 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 dun. And to where I look like I'm going to, like, call somebody who can fix that crap. Like, yeah. for real. Like, I, I, I'll call an electrician because I ain't touching that. Yeah. I'm not shooting lightning bolts out of my butt again. That's Friday night. <laughs> Friday night, nothing. That was last night when I got back from the show. No, that was this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got back this morning. Never pee in a wall socket. I'm just, that's a little PSA. That like peeing on an electric fence. Scott? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. They called me the Flash for a reason. Oh, God, you're so stupid. Okay, but yeah, that's all I have for Carrie. I mean, I'll have more on the uh, the blog and everything because I'm just way too tired. I keep losing my place. That is a good idea. I've lost my place four score and four podcasts ago. <laughs> back in episode five. <laughs> back in ep- I remember back in episode five. You kids don't know how good you had it. We had to walk Episode up. Episode 5 was a toy box killer, by the way. Oh, it was? Yes. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started <laughs> on David Parker Ray. And then Episode 6 was Cullen, and then we won't talk about who Episode 7 was. I know that one because I just listened to it. So that's Carla Hermolka, and I still, I hope somebody runs her over with a bus <laughs> to this day. And I'm not, that's not even one of my jokes. If somebody did, I, I, I don't condone your actions if you run her over, okay? That, but I'm I, not telling you to ca- go run her over. I'm not telling you to run her over. I'm just saying I would totally get it. Like, yeah. I would totally, totally. I'm not going to fault you. I'm <laughs> saying that accidents happen. Accidents happen. If you have to back up three or four or ten <laughs> times, you know, hey, it's it happens. Bump. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there could be someone under your car you're trying to dislodge. We don't know. Oh we don't God, know. I don't horrible. judge. Jesus, let's wrap this one up. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium. And wherever you get your blogs, just type in at BrutalNation. We should pop right up for you. Let's see, what else? Make sure you go on to the Facebook page and like the page. Just look for BrutalNation because, you know, we we interact with everybody Um, because we're lunatics. Yes. (laughs) We're tired lunatics. That's right. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved, and we will talk to you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.